I'm Chilanga, and I'm alone. alone. Welcome to the C&D Podcast. Well, I guess today it's just the C Podcast, because I'm on my own. Alone. alone. Dylan is off doing something that pays him money. <laughs> Funny, you know, I, I, I may not be getting paid money for this, but I'm being paid in a full heart and spirit full of love. Um, today we have a great show. We have some guests on from the Off Court Personality Podcast, one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Um, it's won awards, um, the Young Podcasters of America Society Award in 2015, the Patreon Oscars. It won an Emmy. But before Jack and Matt come on, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the game. The Wolves won three and seven. It felt good after seven straight losses. A win feels good, and now we can officially say Josh Okogi is better than Carl Anthony Towns. The the evidence is right there. We play the Spurs without Towns with Towns, and we lose. We play the Spurs without Towns and with Josh Okogi, and we win. I mean, it's it's simple science, okay. I'm not going to talk too much about the game tonight. Um, I'm not a I'm not a game recapper. That's not where my heart is. Um, my heart is saying outlandish things that have very little backing, but that I feel deeply. Um, so here's a few things that I feel about this game. I felt like the Wolves were going to lose almost the entire time. <laughs> There was, <laughs> I think it took until there was about 20 seconds left for me to be like, okay. I think when D'Lo hit those two free throws and gave the Wolves a six-point lead with 30 seconds left, that's when I was finally like, okay, they they could do this. I felt like Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell had uh, good games. I think they put up a combined like 54 points, 51 points. They were essentially the Timberwolves entire offense. I feel I know Anthony Edwards had a bad game. He had a over, it's over 8. He did have 6 rebounds and honestly like he was getting fouled on a lot of drives to the rim and they were not getting called. The refs were really kind of letting players play for a lot of the game. Felt like they were were pretty hesitant to make a lot of calls, especially as the game went on. Um there were not a lot of fouls called that I I I felt were missed. But uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards. I mean, there there was one one positive note is that there was one sequence where he missed a couple shots in a row and got his rebound both times. And and one of the rebounds uh, bounced wide to him in the in the corner in the right corner. And he almost went up to shoot it again right away. But he noticed that there were two defenders on him, so he waited a little bit because he knew Nas Reed would be streaking down the the lane, and he hit him for his only assist of the game. But it was a good assist, and it was patient, and it was smart. Um, and so anytime I see something good that Anthony Edwards does, I'm going to focus on it because I need hope, and I think you all need hope as well. Um, the final thing I want to say about this game is that this Wolves team cannot rebound the ball. There were several times, and it's one time late in the game, like with a minute left, the Wolves could not get a defensive rebound, and 
that is when I really started feeling like, oh, no, <laughs> this is happening again. The Wolves are going to give up this game. They're going to lose. This is destined. Eventually, they just got lucky because San Antonio kept missing shots. But boy, oh, boy, do the Wolves need Towns back for that back end of the defense. That last piece that needs to get done is is the rebound. But you know what? Wolves won. D'Lo had a good game. And, uh, you know, I am a D'Lo truther. But I can celebrate a Wolves win. We're 3-7. and seven. Um, As Dylan texted me earlier, he said, the Wolves are on a path <laughs> to get back to 500 in the next 10 games. Uh, I don't I don't think so. I don't see it. Um, but if they play hard like they did tonight, I, I suppose there's a chance. Let's move on to our guest because we have a conversation that is a whole lot of fun. It happened before the game. Uh, so we might say some stuff about this coming game. Um, just know, or this game that just happened rather, just know that we recorded pre-game. All right. And now it's time for our guests, famous podcasters from the Off Court Personality Podcast, Jack Dykert and Matt Heron. Welcome to the C&D pod. Thanks so much for having us on. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. I'm really happy to have you. I'm sad that Dylan can't be here. Uh, he is working He's doing something probably more stupid than this. With his own yeah, what the hell? Come on. <laughs> you know, sometimes you need a little bit of a heat check off the bench. So, you know, when Dylan's not here, you don't have your starters. Where are J.R. Smith, Jordan Clarkson? Yeah. Uh, yes, you are. Okay, so uh, Jack, are you J.R. and Matt, you're Jordan? Or... Um, uh, yeah, Jack is definitely J.R. I, I like to think of myself more of just with a little bit more of a laid back. I'm, I'm a Michael Beasley. I was just watching a a Michael Beasley clip the other day and he was like, he was, he was being interviewed on some news station and he was like, yo, so we only use 10% of our brains. Right. And so my question is, who's the guy that used 11% to make it so that we could use 10%. (laughs) (laughs) That's so Michael Beasley. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. I, I really, almost more than the actual NBA, I really want to watch like the G League just because of all the players who are going to be in that right now and like just what oh that bubble God. environment is going to be. Yeah, it's like bubble, big brother G League. That's what would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I want to see all the YouTube content coming from that bubble. I want to see the games. I want to see Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley end up on the same team. Like mm-hmm. Jeremy Lin is going to be on a team. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. it's going to be fantastic. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a, a who's who of who have we not talked about lately. Exactly. It's going to be beautiful to watch. Uh, but this is a Timberwolves podcast, so let's talk Timberwolves. Um, y'all, y'all host a podcast. If you're, how long you, quick, how long have you guys been podcasting? Uh, this is our third season. Like, this is the start of our third season. So we, we did the past two seasons, and then this is the start of our third. Sick, sick, sick. Um, so let's talk Wolves then. Um, I didn't watch the game last night. It seemed like a good one. Uh, it went into overtime. The Wolves ended up losing. What are your like general impressions? Cat was back. Yes. What'd you, how did he look uh, with the with the dislocated wrist? Yeah, so I, I I did I sat and watched I, I I have this kind of hobby of of sitting with my computer in front of me like writing whatever 
basketball thoughts or writing thing while having the game on to whenever I get super disgusted, look down and actually write. But the game itself actually caught my attention for most of the entire night. Carl Anthony Towns back. He was definitely hobbled by that hand. Like most of the time he had it up like by his chest. You could tell that he was in pain, but even one handed, he was like, like that, that's a person I'd vote for all-star. He was dominant on both ends of the court like literally was i've never seen him play defense that well in his entire career because he was pointing out where people should have been and on offense like he made the spurs pay by just standing at the top of the nail distributing and like when they sagged off he's like oh you think i can't shoot all right here's a three-pointer right there yep i haven't lost anything let me ask you this do you think he was the best player on the floor with only one hand the entire game yeah, uh, Demar had a great game. Uh, Patty Mills couldn't miss, um, but Cat. I, I think, I think we are seeing the best version of Cat, which is really a Carl Anthony Towns who is not trying to do too much. He's just trying to do enough, and because of that, like he, he, yes, he's not going for thirty-five points. He might be only getting 23, 24 points, but he is locking. He's doing what every center has to do to be effective on the court, which is protect the rim. You know, what, what I've been hearing a lot of people saying is last night the, the Timberwolves looked like an actual NBA team, which is like a pretty low bar to like <laughs> that you want your NBA franchise to to hit, right? right? But I think that's a huge compliment to just how good Carl Anthony <laughs> There is a dog joining our podcast today. Yeah. Um, beautiful dog, by the way, Jack. Gorgeous. Um, <laughs> um, the, the video will, won't be released of this. Uh, just just so that you know, it's it's totally audio format, yeah. but I'm I still want your dog on screen. I love seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, back to my point is that Carl Anthony Towns is so good is that he can take this what has actually turned out to be a pretty terrible Timberwolves roster and make them competitive. Um, you know, further evidence that he is a top ten talent in in the NBA. Absolutely, I mean, it it shows that like a minor bit of confidence in like the Rosas regime where it's like, okay, so like we're, we're seeing what you want to build. I get it. I just wish we had any kind of a backup plan because if we've seen anything in this league in the past couple of years, that players are going to miss time. And if we get blown out by 30 points when our best player is out, like that's a, that's a big problem. Yeah. Shalinga, question real quick. So talking about yeah. the process, you know, if, if Cat is out, and he's not playing, we're going to lose a lot of games. What is, you know, Rosas's real intention with this roster? Is he trying to pull like the Sam Hankey and tank? Or is he actually trying to win some basketball games? Well, I mean, so first, the tank this year is incredibly dangerous uh, because yeah. it's a top three protected pick, right? So if you're the worst, if the Wolves are the worst team in the league, which is going to be hard because the Pistons exist and the Thunder exist, and even though the Thunder are playing hard, there are some pretty bad rosters in the league right now. Um, so I don't think his intention is to tank, but I, I think like from the beginning of the season, he was pretty open. And and this is a guy who doesn't say a lot, but his his party line was this is not the year that we're going to make the playoffs. He was like pretty, pretty solidly throwing that out there. And I think we all ignored it because we were like, oh, we love this team. We have D'Lo and we have Cole. Yeah. We're going to make the playoffs. Uh, but he knew that <laughs> this year was going to be rough. And, and he knew that if Carl was hurt that. This roster was not built to compete. So what is the process? I don't the process. I, yeah. the pro, what is the process? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's waiting for. I don't I don't know what 
there is left to do. Like there's not that many assets on this roster. I don't know how many draft picks he's willing to trade. I don't know how many draft picks I want him to trade. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. the it, it feels like now or never, but I don't know. He's probably he's smarter than me. I was gonna say he's probably smarter than me. He's definitely smarter he's, than me. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he would talk circles around me. I know that for sure. Yeah. So I guess to Jack to answer your question, I don't know. And I'm I'm not out on Rosas yet. I just would like to see something happen soon. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so I think I think one pers- one player that can be viewed as an asset, whether as a player or as a trade chip, is the number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards. What have you been your impressions so far this season with Anthony Edwards? <laughs> so I'm just gonna say this for Anthony Edwards being 19 years old. He was more or less a college football player who transformed into a basketball player. He's only been playing basketball for like, what, four or five years. And he was not a huge recruit coming out of the AAU standards in terms of 10th, 11th grade. And it really took him a second. And so how he's already transformed as quickly as he has into the player that he is, I'm super impressed by him. As far as being like an actual professional basketball player, I'm not impressed by him at all. But because of <laughs> because of the potential that he has. So, I mean, the dude is basically Jimmy Butler right now in terms of size and actual physical physicality. You know, he's 6'5", 6'6", 225 pounds. He's an absolute monster. And at 19 years old, you give his body some time to mature. He could become 6'7", 240, absolute brick house. And like, how do you stop that guy? So. Everyone's comparing him to Andrew Wiggins, but the body types are completely different. The personality is completely different. Um, And I'm hoping, maybe this is too much hope, but I'm hoping he can actually develop a shot. Yeah, I I will say this. I was not excited about Anthony Edwards um, prior to us picking him. I was still kind of like concerned about him after the pick. He is, for, for one, good player or not, he's endlessly entertaining. One of the things that like, for like our podcast off court personality, like we, lo- we love the aspects of basketball, like that happen like in social media, in the community, like that stuff is one of the reasons we really like basketball because it has that community come up. Um, and he is endlessly entertaining in terms of that. As far as his basketball, I mean, Jack, you mentioned like how he was a football player going into uh, becoming a basketball player. I mean, he turned 19 this year he, he like he he went a grade up he should be starting call he should be in college now like the the gray matter in his mind is not settled yet he is still learning so much and the fact that he can actually be on a team that maybe not this year but has aspirations to kind of grow has people within a peer group in terms of like other young players around him i think his potential is endless and he seems to want to work hard and like be liked by the people around him which i think is important so Highly optimistic, but I think, I mean, his uh, his floor right now in terms of like floor ceiling, he is a everyday starter. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is that his body and athleticism raise his floor so much, which was like the big the big thing with, with the draft was like it was Edwards or Lamelo, and with Lamelo, I mean, you could just see like a real low low floor with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's looking pretty good and like every day i have to remind myself about how much i like anthony edwards as a human being and like i'm glad i don't have that freak lamello that i have to cheer cheer for because he's just (laughs) like 
he's like not even a human you know he's been in the spotlight for too long his brain is all messed up he's just like yeah he's he's not normal <laughs> he, he is he is the celebrity culture like he he is not mm-hmm. like come like he has grown up being like all eyes on me i don't know how well it's suited him but hey like he's playing all right so i don't wish him, him yeah good on him i don't wish him negatively i just yeah i hope anthony edwards is great because he's <laughs> he just entertains the shit out of me well, I think the other thing about Anthony Edwards that I've been super impressed with is his like skill level. So like his his basketball IQ like definitely is not there. He doesn't definitely doesn't like get the game totally. Uh, his off ball defense is a, a train wreck, of course, and like mm-hmm. I think offensively too. Sometimes he doesn't quite know what to do. But when he's like in the moment and has to make quick decisions, he's actually pretty good. Uh, like yeah. we've seen him run the pick and roll and make really sweet passes. He's really like proficient at the cross court pass um out of the pick and roll i think he looks to it too often and 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 misses sometimes the easier pass like right behind him or whatnot and so but but the thing that i do see is like this base level of skill and like ability to 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 just play flat out and then already a, a big growth curve that we've seen through high school college and now the nba you look at each game individually and you see like like actual progression and it's it's measurable you know maybe not in the counting stats but like you watch it and you see like oh he wasn't doing that last game now he is which is dope i'm I'm waiting for him oh go ahead jack how do you think he gets that extra growth level so when you like i agree with you i think he has a lot of opportunity there but who on the team is going to help him with that whether it's on the player side of things or even the coaches how does he get to that additional growth level it's it, if we're looking at what happened at the end of the game last night, it's Ricky Rubio. He made the mis- like Edwards made the mistake at the very end of the game where he was going in for, you know, a dunk. He probably would have had it clean um, and potential for a two for one to try and you know, turn, turn the ball over again. But he didn't because people at the end of the bench were yelling three and he got caught up in the moment and kicked it out. Turnover end of the game immediately after the game was done. Like Rubio ran right to him and like, like, like a good coach, like he's going, like Ruby is going to be an amazing coach. Someday. I just don't, but he like pulled him aside and said, Hey, when these are happening, this is what you need to do. Like, and was not angry, was not yelling at him, was literally just explaining, Hey, this is the situation. This is the breakdown. This is, this is what's going to work best for everyone. And I think that's where it's going to have to come from. Yeah, I agree. And, and like, that's why Rosas brought in Ricky Rubio. He is a far superior leader to James Johnson. Whether, you know, James Johnson definitely would have provided positional value to this team <laughs> for sure. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but Ricky Rubio is is a leader's leader and the players really seem to respect him and obviously Timberwolves fans love him, so I'm happy he's here. I do want to talk, I mean, I mentioned positional fit with James Johnson and I want to talk about big men and i want to frame this conversation through the lens of jared vanderbilt now i I know timberwolves twitter in particular has been screaming for more jared vanderbilt minutes and you know i i see it it's like very energetic very exciting um i for one have have a lot of feelings about jared vanderbilt more of them negative than positive what do do you uh why don't we start with matt What, what are your thoughts on jared vanderbilt I love, I mean, especially with Akogi being out right now, Jared Vanderbilt fills what Akogi does, like at least two thirds of it on a nightly basis. It's high energy play, it's high activity, and it's it's like it's the motor that does something like gets everyone else going because it's it's the team needs it because I think we saw when he wasn't playing, like 
players like D'Lo or um, even Culver or, or Beasley, they tend to kind of just loaf about on, on parts of the ends of the floor. And Vanderbilt never does that. He is much like nonstop. He is one speed, full speed throughout the entire game. And I think this team needs a bit of that energy, needs a bit of that reminder that like, no, we're playing basketball right now, which means all energy all the time. If we're going to be a young team that runs, we need to be a young team that runs. And Vanderbilt provides that in terms of just his style of play. I was watching the game last night um, with my partner, Lisa, and she was like, I'm really distressed watching Vanderbilt play. And I go, why is that? Because he's so manic. He's like limbs everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what we need right now. So I think with Okogi out, I think it's justified to a lot of the cheers because Okogi brings that for us when he's playing with us. So we need someone in that mold. Jack, what are your thoughts on J- JV? I love his play, and I think it's contradicting. So what I'm trying to say with that is um, I love to get him minutes on the court, but who are we taking minutes away from? And is that helping the overall development of the team moving forward for the next two to three years? Yeah. You know, my thing with JV is like, I I love his energy. I think it's awesome. The thing that I, I, that I stop at is that he can't be playing center. And I know our, our center options are limited, but like, I'd look at the game against Denver, the games against Denver, when he, when he got put in, he would just get destroyed defensively. I mean, every trip down the Mm -hmm. floor, they would hunt him. And, and I mean, Jokic is Jokic, obviously he's like, top eight player in the league <laughs> so like easily yeah. but, but but even you know even green and and Millsap, like he, he jared vanderbilt just isn't very big and i think oftentimes he will he will do something that looks really awesome like he'll go get a loose ball or he'll miss a dunk but it almost made it mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, you know everyone gets really excited like like because because we don't have very many of those players on this team um so it's your point with jv i, I feel like he's meant yeah. to play like a similar role to like a Jeremy Grant, except he's definitely not making threes. (laughs) You know, he's getting lob dunks and offense and that's about like as much offensive output that we're getting from him. But I feel like that's his type of role as a four, you know, he's meant to be on the outside switch between twos, threes and fours, good perimeter defense can actually block shots and help you on the defensive side of things. I I fully agree with you. He, he cannot play center. Like we, we cannot rely on him to be a person. Like if he's out there, one of Nas or cat also has to be out there. I feel a lot better with him, you know, playing some weak side, like just be long and high energy and don't let someone backdoor cut you. Like that's, that's what I want him to do as a stretchy kind of four who can maybe body up a little bit with someone else with him. But yeah, he, he yes. can and, and, and switch. Like if if yes. if he's at the four, the wolves can switch one through. I mean, depending on who's out there, but <laughs> the wolves can yeah. switch one through four. Right. And like also having him to come help side block. I mean, and clean up Towns' mistakes. And like I, I, he just like I think that they would be a good pairing. And I want to see more of that if we are going to see mm-hmm. Jared Vanderbilt. Um, I want to swing back to the question of energy, right? Because because we we frame like Joshua Kogi as like our, the the main energy guy for this team, but. I, you know the the other player that plays with a ton of energy is Malik Beasley, mm-hmm. and and like he he's like frantic and and manic and and crazy on the court. And like my, my question is, what's your read on why his energy doesn't ignite the team the same way that Josh Kogi or Jared Vanderbilt do? Because he he's playing a ton of minutes with a ton of energy, but when he's out there, the other players are still sleepy as ever. So what, what's your read on that? I, I think it comes it comes like 
there's a, a, a thought that like defense is energy. And I think Malik mm. absolutely believes that. But I think the things that Malik is I don't want to say that he's trying to like pad it constantly pad his stats because it's like the whole stat stuffer thing. Like I don't think there's a whole lot of players like that. But I do think that Malik is the person who thinks that good defense translates to me stealing the ball, me blocking the ball. But because of that, he's constantly ball watching and he's constantly hunting for it. And the energy that like gets a team going is the the movement and the things that you're yelling and saying when the ball is nowhere near you. Like that's the thing. Like you, you are. You need to get the energy going else everywhere. Else. When, when you're on ball and you have a lot of energy, like you should. Like that's when like you should be absolutely 100% engaged. When you're off ball, can you provide that same energy, or are you going to be the person who is just like Anthony Edwards, just caught ball watching and just like flat-footed? Right. I guess I kind of answered my own question because I described him as manic. And I think any doctor will tell you that having energy is good. Being energetic is good. Being manic is not good. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I would describe Beasley's game as manic. Yo, every uh, it's it's become my favorite tradition. Every Before every tip-off, if you listen to the broadcast, you can hear him scream. <laughs> it's the <laughs> shit. It's the best. It's so good. <laughs> I love that dude. I know like his life is messy as shit. Uh but hey, he's an off-court personality, so y'all must yeah. y'all must enjoy him too. <laughs> you have to. I mean, we were saying it on our last pod like Kyrie is a, can be a pretty weird dude in the flat earth stuff. Too. He's endlessly entertaining. I will always love Kyrie because I will like he, he he's so giving of himself in a weird and just like to like the entertainment of it all. The things that mm-hmm. quote like Kyrie is able to quote in terms of the media. I really appreciate he's putting himself out there and like, give us more Kyrie, give us more. Right. Yo. So this most recent absent, I've been, I've been been thinking about this a lot. He, his whole, I just didn't want to play, you know, like I respect that as a value so much, like so deeply, you know, like Mm -hmm. you should be able to not go to work if you just like, aren't feeling going to work. Right. But, the like the the dynamics of power on that roster and like money and all that make that a little bit more complicated it's hard because he is such like a player's player and like a people's player you know Mm -hmm. um but also you know grew up in an nba household and was like throned into the nba and like (laughs) is really well paid and like yeah has had like one really amazing game that has put him in this like pantheon mm-hmm. of of re- like the best players in the league, and I'm just not sure if he's there. So I, I ha- he's like a, he's a hard figure for me in the NBA. Absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this just because we're on the topic right now. You you had asked us to think of like some potential uh, hot takes for it. Here's my hot take for you since we're on the topic. Kyrie won't be on the Nets next year. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Holy shit! For freezing cold takes of the north, we don't have a drop for that's that. That's okay. There's my hot take. He, he will. He will be. He will either be traded or he'll do something crazy. It's like I'm done. Like I, like a less noble Maya Moore, where it's like I'm done with the NBA. This is. I need to do something more important. <laughs> I'm going to go live KD in a meditation center in India or something. Exactly. Sorry, what'd you say, Jack? <laughs> what would KD say about that? Uh, KD might be the. I mean, if he's traded, KD might be the person telling him, "Okay, I, I thought I, I thought I knew what I wanted. I was wrong." <laughs> hopefully they can trade Kyrie for James Harden before that happens and then you know Kyrie so that Katie's not left out yeah on an island um 
Ooh, that was hot. I'm like, I'm feeling like all dizzy after that. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I really got so before you move on to our game sections, is there any other burning thoughts from the Timberwolves you want to talk about? Should we talk D'Lo a little bit? We haven't talked D'Lo at all. Has <laughs> Dane Moore covered him enough? Yeah. He, uh, much to how I said, Anthony Edwards' floor is, you know, like an avatar. D'Lo is an above average starter getting paid and played to be a star. I mean, I, I like his effort a good portion of the time, but he is, he definitely has his limits and the wolves are playing him like he doesn't have those. Yep. I'm a D'Lo truther, so I'm I'm like I'm out. I think he's bum. I think he's total ass. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I just like you look at his all-star season and he shot 50% from mid-range, which like is MJ Kobe like mm-hmm. the greatest players of all time status and he has not even come close to that in any other season and nope. he never will again. I mean unless some miracle happens. Yeah. But it, it and the thing is he's got all the potential to like change the shot profile and to be good <laughs> but he's so obsessed with like his game and playing his way it's i don't know i i, I don't like him i'm out fair I'm enough out. i trust rube i i don't i don't need him on the team he's again he's he's an average shooter getting paid to be a star like Am I okay with him starting yeah he's probably good enough to be a starter but like having the, the game run through him mm. No. Deal is meant to be the third guy on a good team. Maybe the fourth guy on a championship team. He should be making 18 and $20 million a year. He should not be making a max contract. I'm still much happier oh, to have him on a max contract as opposed to Andrew Wiggins. But are you, are you a first, are you a first and second round picks worth happier? <laughs> like that's the thing. Well, I, I when just, we're I talking about Terrell Suggs and Cade Cunningham, no. I know, dude, this draft looks like it's going to be so dope. Oh, well, mm. but you you mentioned both Kate and, and and Cunningham. Like, if it comes down to it, like, and we have the pick that could have one of those players, we'll have our pick. That's true. And, and so, as Wolves fans, we have to root that there's either going to be a huge turnaround, or the team is going to suck and get some lottery luck again. And I don't really like having to root for either of those things. Either one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to some games to, yeah. to finish off here. So we're gonna play in or out. It's gonna be rapid fire. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call on you. I'm gonna make sure you know who I'm talking to, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give you a player or a coach or I mean anyone, someone related to the Timberwolves organization, and you're gonna give me an in or out. I might have follow up, I might not, and that's that. That's the I game. In or out. This is the new one to the pod. I just came up with it today. So yeah. you're welcome, Dylan. Um, so let's start with Jack Nas Reed in or out. I'm in. You're in. Uh, I love seven, it. Seven footer shoots three pointers, makes them, has a lot of potential, continues to try and grow. Super in on that. Let's go. Seven feet is generous, but you know, he's, yeah, okay. he's, he's six thick, eleven. So. Yeah. Well, that's pretty <laughs> Maybe generous. Six, ten too. And a half. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt. Uh, J Mac in or out? Oh, absolutely in. Absolutely love yeah, J Mac. Everything about him. I, I wish he was getting minutes over. Well, yeah, I just wish he was playing more. <laughs> uh, Jack, Jarrett Culver. Uh, surprisingly, in before the season, I would say hard pass. He's really stepped up his body and his game, and I like what he's doing. So keep improving. <laughs> I think I'm in the minority here, but I'm actually more out on him seeing him why. this season. 
I think the shooting is not fixed. I think that was fake. Okay. I think he made three in a game. And since then, he has been pretty bad. And his free throw form still looks fucked up. And, like, all he can do is drive to the basket. And I, I think teams are going to clue in on that and yeah. fuck him up the rest of the year. <laughs> Last night, he had at least two different opportunities, wide open three, and he chose to attack the rim and said, he's like, buddy, they're going to – they're gonna, yeah, you made those attacks, but they're going to just know that you're not shooting and they're just going to destroy you. So, like, either shoot it or we'll know where you're at. And he just doesn't feel that confident to me. Like, it seems like he is easily shaken. And so, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to maintain hope because that is the best way to cheer for this team is that you just got to be hopeful. Always. All right. Um, Matt, uh, Jaden McDaniels. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love everything yeah. about what Jaden can be. Um, <laughs> he is everything I like about just like this is an absolute raw prospect. And the fact that like we have enough people in front of him who can like the media and Rosas can like talk themselves into like, yes, Wancho and Jake Lehman should start over Jaden McDaniels. Like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, they've been in the league longer but like i love that because like he can grow because he has got so much more talent than both of those players good answer all right two more jack ryan saunders in or out oh i'm out (laughs) (laughs) ryan's awful um it was really funny because uh brian windhorse (laughs) talked about this week that ryan is probably the most beloved coach in terms of a player coach so like the players love him like in terms of the nba players like him more than they like any other coach, which is kind of surprising to hear. Um, But I don't know if that's a good thing. And that kind of bothers me in terms of like, you know, do players actually want to like learn from this guy? You know, what's their development? Like, do they just like him as a person? What's going on? So Mm -hmm. we, we talked about this. Yes. We talked about this a bit yesterday. And one of the things I'll just say is Ryan Saunders, what, what should happen is he shouldn't be fired. He should just be moved into constant player, development slash Minneapolis tour guide. Like that should be his role in the organization. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the state. Let me show you why it doesn't suck here. Cause I grew up here and there's a lot of fun things to happen and you're going to like it here. And that should be his role. That is a really fun role. And I'm kind of out on him too. I think someday he could be a good coach. I just think he's not ready yet. He's young as hell. I mean, he's, he's young as shit. So yeah. there's plenty of time for him to, to grow up and to learn. Uh, final one, uh, Matt, KG's ownership group. Are you in or out? That's terrifying. Um, <laughs> you know what? Screw it. Normally I would say like I'm afraid of what he would do because I didn't like his decisions as a player. But I'm 100% in on KG because I'm convinced that anything is better than Glenn Taylor. And I'm willing to be screwed and wrong on that. But like I'm fully convinced the Wolves will never be a relevant organization with Glenn Taylor at the helm. Yeah, my theory is that the team is cursed for their treatment of Kevin Garnett, and until the wrongs are righted, this team will never win. And yeah. we can right those wrongs by selling to KG. Absolutely. <laughs> um, hey, I'm willing to buy in on that. All right, next game is a coast to coast. Oh, we're the C and D pod now. Actually, C&D, we used to yes. be the coast to coast NBA pod, but now we're the C and D pod. Uh, the Lindsey Whalen, would you rather? I've got a would you rather scenario for you, and I want you both to answer um, and give me your reasonings. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe this is too simple, but I, I think it's fun to think about. Would you rather have paired with Carl Anthony Towns? Now, Carl Anthony Towns is important here. Paired with Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, would you rather have D'Angelo Russell or Zach Levine? Oh. <laughs> Great question, man. I don't know how to answer uh, that. I want, I want. I think. I, I think I want Zach. 
we we talked about. I think so. Neither are good, neither are great defenders. Um, offensively, you could argue that there's some similarities, but Zach has this mentality killer attitude that I think is so so very important. And I that is I, I want I want a bit of that out of the out of him, and I'm just to elevate everyone else. I think Delo is great, but he also has just this kind of nonchalance where like he got like kicked around a shit ton in the early parts of his career where he's kind of like, yeah, things happen. And like, I like passionate players basically. So I want, I want Zach. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. so I could put this Jack, in a couple different ways. Um, I think, you know, if you're voting for Zach, you're thinking of Carl Anthony Towns hasn't won enough games in a regular season pretty much ever throughout his entire career. There was that one season with Tom Thibodeau. So in terms of developing Cat, yes, I would much rather have Zach Levine. But if we're looking at a seven-game series, and when you come down to crunch time, there's five minutes left to go, maybe there's 60 seconds, 90 seconds. Who's going to be able to get a shot off? Who's going to be able to do something? I want D'Lo on my team. And so they both played terrible, terrible defense. But when we're coming into the final minutes of a game, I want D'Lo on my team. Yeah, you know, the D'Lo in the clutch is really interesting because the numbers back up his ice water in his veins, you know, uh, shit, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and he doesn't, like, when it, when it matters, he does tend to improve. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know my answer. I, I lean towards Zach Levine um, just because Zach Levine has been playing really well on a, on a shitty Bulls team. And D'Lo has been playing fair on a shitty Wolves team. So I also think I take about the, the contract. That, right, yeah, the contract is, is a lot better than D'Lo's. Yeah, what's he make like nineteen and a half? Yeah, that's yeah. like tw- ten million less than D'Lo. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. I you have a whole other mid-level exception. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Final final piece here is our freezing cold takes of the North. So I know Matt, you already gave a Kyrie take, um, but do you have a Timberwolves specific freezing cold take? Uh, I don't have a Timberwolves. I have one other NBA one, but I, if we got a Timberwolves one okay. from Jack, I'll, I'll let him launch us off with that. What do you got, Matt? I have I have another NBA one, and it's kind of jumping off a little bit of what at the end of your last podcast you were talking about. But here's my freezing cold take: Zion will make less than four All Star games, and only one will be earned. <laughs> Whoa. Get into that. Unpack wow. that. Oh. Um, I think so. I think two of his two of those three. So like if we can say three is like like what he makes. I think two of them will be like, he's Zion, the like, oh my god, the great player. He should like and yes, I think he he can be like a very, very good player, but I think even if he reaches his ceiling, that ceiling is like grand max two years because i i mean i just think that body is not built to last and with what is like demanded of the style of play in this league like he just like he will have one season where it's like he's near mvp dark horse things like that and then much like uh kobe making every single all-star game until he retired was just like but he's not he's not he's not good enough to be like why i just because he gets he's in LA and he gets voted, he gets like the entire fan appreciation vote. Like I, I just feel like that is what's going to happen with like, the early parts of Zion. And like by twenty five, like he will like his body is just going to be like yeah he he's going up for a big dunk and we just watched his knees explode much like Derrick Rose. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about his body big time. I think you know I think I, I Dylan and I have compared him to Blake Griffin a ton and. 
that body type and that like freak athleticism and just jumping that high and that much when you're that size, it's just our, our bones aren't built for that. (laughs) Yeah. You can strengthen muscles all you want. Tendons don't get any bigger or stronger. Yeah. So I, I, that's, that's great. Jack, do you have a take? It could be NBA or I think I'm going to go NBA route too because I, I have one that I've been dying to say on pod. But Jack, do you have one? Timberwolves or NBA? Oh, man. As far as NBA takes, um, how about this? Cole Anthony is going to be rookie of the year. Yes! <laughs> I love that. I've been a huge uh, Cole Anthony believer ever since, like, man, even think about like a year ago when we were talking about Timberwolves probably tanking, yeah. not going to make like the NBA playoffs. Yeah. We're looking at mm-hmm top five lottery picks. And at the time I was super excited about Cole Anthony because we wanted a point guard before we had D'Angelo Russell. If I, if memory serves, it was around December and you were trying to make some kind of, I hope the wolves get some coal in their stocking for next year (laughs) kind of thing. That's good. That's really good. Well, I, I think at the beginning of last season, it was like the, the tanking race was the race for Cole Anthony. Like he was the prize coming into the season. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously his North Carolina team was ass and very bad. Really bad. Um, so but he keep had going to take a lot of shots. Yeah, no, he had to take a lot of shots that maybe were not like <clears throat> appropriate. And the team that he had around him, no one could, no one could make shots. The paint was completely clogged. Like think about the Timberwolves without Cat. There's no one who's giving outside support in terms of making jumpers. And so he was the whole team. He looked terrible because of that. And when he got drafted, it was like 18th overall by the Magic or 16th. I was mm-hmm. like, what is going on here? Like, this, this guy should be a top 10 pick. I'm just putting it out there with Markel Fultz going down with an ACL injury. And I have a ton of stock in Markel Fultz, which I should not. But I still do. Oh, for me some too. Reason. I'm, 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 I'm going <laughs> to die on that island. I'm with you. Like, yeah, you guys are definitely rocking that island strong. <laughs> I'll, I'll make the tiki drinks for us, Chilanga. Thank you. We're going to be partying. It's going to be awesome. It's true. Jack makes great drinks. <laughs> well, I, I feel bad about it. But so because Markel Fultz went down, I am so in on this for rookie of the year. I think he's got it. Like, who else is going to compete with him? Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton. Absolutely. Uh, uh, LaMelo Ball, Mr. Triple Double. <laughs> <laughs> Youngest since his brother. I think it's his race. I, I, I truly believe it's LaMelo's race to lose because – I mean, he's already such a huge celebrity. <laughs> Everybody loves him, and he's putting up impressive, although yeah, somewhat d- very yeah, d- decent. And also, I mean, somehow could not have seen it. There still will be a lower end playoff team, maybe. But like Charlotte's winning games. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> I, I I hate that because I I just don't want. We were talking about this earlier, Jack. I just don't want Gordon Hayward to have nice things. But I guess it happens. Yo, I'm I was hoping to Charlotte. see it. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say really quickly, I'm happy that Charlotte's winning games because if the potential happens where the Timberwolves, you know, might be in the lottery and we can reclaim our, you know, top three pick, Charlotte winning games is helpful to us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that that's true. I was, you know, I was hoping re Gordon Hayward, I was hoping that there would be some pictures of somebody at the siege that looked like Gordon Hayward that we could all make fun of. Um, unfortunately, all those people were um, too, ugly (laughs) far too out of shape yeah and you know gordon hayward is like well put together he's got like the nice undercut whatever and i don't think any of those people at the sea should ever gotten 
their haircut. <laughs> well, at, at, at that same juncture as well, like if Gordon Hayward had been there, we probably would have been hearing about some injury news because he, he would have like broken something doing like uh, a <laughs> strenuous activity. Um, my favorite joke was that like the same day that all that stuff at the Capitol was happening, like Michael Porter Jr. like got listed up for like an additional 10 days. But, like they didn't give the list of reasons. It was like, wait, was he, was the- he there? Was he there? Because he could be. <laughs> No, I mean, but it's true. An NBA player would have stuck out like a sore thumb because like, it, it was like one type of person was there. Um, yep, indeed. Anyway, before we go, my freezing cold take of the North is that James Harden will be on the Houston Rockets at the end of the season. He's not getting Ooh. traded. Ooh. I like I it. Just, I, don't, it. I don't see it. I think it's a weird season. I think too much shit is going to happen. I think teams aren't going to know what their, what their team is, so they're not going to want to like – sell everything for james harden and uh-huh. there's still one more year on his contract and so like just wait because it's a weird season yeah you don't think the ben simmons for james harden is gonna happen no way no way in hell ben simmons is too good and yeah. and the sixers are winning like yeah <laughs> if the sixers came out and they didn't look good then i would believe it but the sixers I look think, good. and i think you have to give doc a season with that roster before you blow it up I, I mean i think ben simmons is not long for this roster uh, but i think that i think yeah. that you need a season but you know yeah I, and I, I arguably like harden harden has his best pick and roll partner he's ever had in christian wood so like oh my god they look good yeah i and john yeah. wall actually looks pretty good like i was yeah. i was I'm, I'm a big john wall fan so i was rooting for it but i've i've been surprised absolutely uh, I'm for it. I, I like that take. I, I, I root for that take. So I think that's a freezing cold take that even Matt and I have talked about in the last couple months or so. John Wall coming back and looking good. Yeah, hey, man. happy for him. Happy for him. Yeah. And I've like, been a John Wall fan forever. Wall in, Wall out. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Uh, before we go, okay. Matt, I know that you're writing a, an NBA cookbook. I want to hear a little bit about it. Okay. Um, so... Uh, a little synopsis, just kind of a breakdown. Uh, it's definitely a lot of humor focused on it, but like a humorous history cookbook. Each chapter is going to cover a uh, a year in the NBA focused on the championship team from that year, from 1977, which is the year the ABA and the NBA merged, up until 2020. Um, basically uh, analogizing the team's makeup, their style of play, and other just cultural touchstones into a single recipe. Um, so some examples, uh, that are kind of, uh, fun. So, uh, the 1977 is the, the only Portland trailblazers, uh, championship. And I'm doing a, uh, Vietnamese inspired low country boil. Uh, it's good. Their recipe is called red hot and rolling, which was also the nickname for the team that year. Um, and part of the reason why it's a low country boil is a lot of that is like, you just add red all your final things in like in like the last few minutes and that it's done cooking the blazers added seven new players to that team that year and had never made the playoffs before that and went all and in their first ever playoff premiere raced all the way to the championship beating the philadelphia 76ers in four games to two so that's one of them and I also just kind of came up with this yesterday to try to get it because it was 44 recipes. I wanted to get like a nice fifth 45 just sounded you know, a bit better except for in certain <laughs> yeah. presidents. But right. uh, so I decided I'm going to do the dream team because that is like one of the most cultural touchstone just 
things. And it also lets me like talk about players who never won championships. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a traditional like homemade hot dog, actually like make your own hot dog kind of thing with all the various condiments and ingredients on there. And they to uh, go a bit to the humor thing. I'm even going to have a Leitner ketchup because you know, it's a condiment for a young person that shouldn't be there. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Is there any timeline? Is are, are you are you planning to release this book? Is this just like a, a a pet project? Like, what's what's your idea? Um, so I'm actually working on submitting it to a couple publishers right now. It's not it's not done, but I'm submitting okay. a couple of the chapters that I have written as like a proof of concept. Like, hey, will you will you make it worth my while to put more time to this because right now it is just a pet project. And I also like, you know, talking to Jack or my partner, Lisa, and like spending all my time writing this while also working a full-time job is, you know, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, that sounds really dope. I think that's a really unique idea. Um, yeah. And I, I hope that you have good luck with publishing. Uh, Jack, <laughs> do you want to share, like where, where can people find you? I don't know. Just find our Instagram off our personality. Off court personality. Do I share your personal at all, or you just want them to follow you on off sure. court? Uh, you're more than welcome to. It doesn't have anywhere near as much basketball or freezing cold takes, but uh, J. <laughs> Dykert, D E I C H E R T. Dope. And Matt, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, um, Mirth. You so like the the word Mirth as in happy. M I M I R T H, and then E W, and then Heron H A R R E N. So at Mirth you Heron. Dope. Well, thank y'all so much for coming on. Um, it has been a blast. Uh, until next time. Until next time, I'm saying we'll have to have you on our pod as well. Thank you so much.